Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Welcome to season nine of the Overcoming Monday podcast. We're talking about marriage this season. And for this episode, I have my husband, Clayton King, in the studio. Hey. Yep. And also, just Justin and Je- <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> that could be their uh, Hollywood name, Justin. Justin yes. Rock. Yeah, like Jennifer. <laughs> And uh, Tomcat. Well, I'm going. I'm going old wow. school. That's going way back. Justin and Jess Brock in the studio. With Hello. Us. Yep. Um, Justin is our executive director at Clayton King Ministries, and Jess has been involved in Clayton King Ministries for so long, and also um, and pastors some of the. Um, staff that come in to work for camp in the summertime, and she does such a great job. Jess, you've also begun a ministry called um, the Kindred Collective. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's a ministry that is equipping women to get into the Word, that they can study um, the Word for themselves. So we create these resource books that just ask some questions, but really, hopefully, whoever buys one, walks away with a better understanding for themselves, and Mm -hmm. obviously the Holy Spirit teaches them. Um, But yeah, that's what I have started with a group of girls, Mm -hmm. and it's been really wonderful. Yeah, your heart for that, um, I think when it began, was just really getting back into Scripture for yourself and reading it on your own, rather than always using supplements, I think, to to teach us about the Word of God, like just getting to the Word of God itself. Right. Mm -hmm. I think... um, Sometimes we can feel really intimidated because we don't have a seminary degree or we're not maybe um, been in scripture all our lives. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I just found myself in a a space that um, some people in my life's theology started changing and people that I looked up to, I had some questions about. And so I was really just rocked of like, what is it that I think and what do I believe? And I mean, sometimes it can even go back to Sunday school Mm -hmm. uh, stories that you hear and it's just, they're wrong. And so it's, uh, that's where it all like was birthed and Mm -hmm. really passionate about just studying scripture for yourself. Or it sounds weird. Sometimes we get our theology from a Disney movie that they made about Moses or something. Right. And you don't realize what you picked up. Yeah. Watching the movie until mm-hmm. you read scripture and you realize that's not really what it's about. Justin, um, will you just tell everyone what you do a little bit at Clayton King Ministries, sure. your job? Mm-hmm. Well, I um, someone told us this a while back, but I've gotten to be here now. This is my 12th year or maybe mm-hmm. 13th. Yeah, going on 13. Um, yeah. Going on 13 years. And so um, it's been kind of cool to see the progression of how I've gotten to be involved in the ministry. But currently, um, someone gave us this description, which I think is great. Um, I feel like you guys kind of serve as the architects. Mm. Um, So you guys get to kind of paint the picture of how you want to see the ministry grow and where you want to see it in the future. And then I get to serve as an engineer. Mm -hmm. So I get to see, okay, here's how it can be structurally sound. Here's how to build a good foundation for this dream that you have. And here's how to, you know, really build a good structure um, for where we want to move forward with. So 
overall, I just serve the ministry, um, all the different aspects of the ministry as executive director, which seems fancy for the team that we have, but <laughs> um, it's just a way that I get to serve by um, overseeing all the different ministries that we do and serving our team. Yeah. And one of the reasons why we wanted to have uh, Justin and Jess on today, Shari, is because we love them so much mm-hmm. and we have just been with them and they've been with us. We've been a team for so many years mm-hmm. and who better to talk about this topic today right. than Justin and Jess, because today we're talking about how to communicate expectations, expectations. in marriage. Yes. We're yeah. talking about marriage, but how to communicate expectations. And I feel like what's so great about Jess and Justin, I keep wanting to say Justin, that. that's their new nickname. <laughs> I just, if I do it the whole time, that's just... Y'all just bear with me. But what I love about them is so much um, of our staff relations, um, Jess and Justin work with the staff, and they help them in their interpersonal relationships with each other, but also um, communicating what to expect from us as a staff when the summer staff come in, but also what the summer staff need to expect of themselves and of the students and all of these things. And so you guys, I just feel like you're really good at that role, I think. Mm -hmm. And so, and I also feel like you guys have probably had to work out some of these expectation things in your marriage, just like Clayton and I do. For sure. Just a bit. Yeah. Um, So will you guys just, um, Justin, will you just tell me a description that you would give someone of Jess and who she is? Man, I love this. Um, Okay. First (laughs) off, we, I don't know if, uh, for those listening, if you've gotten to do this before, but We've uh, really been looking and studying the Enneagram mm-hmm. lately, and I know you've talked about it a little bit, Shari, mm-hmm. um, even on the podcast some. And so uh, Jess is an Enneagram 7. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some things about Jess that, um, just a little bit about her, she loves adventure. Um, she loves new things. Um, she just like is all about what's next. Mm-hmm. And so um, some things that she doesn't like, she doesn't like the same. So for me, I could eat Chick-fil-A every day of my life and be okay. Mm-hmm. And she needs variety. She needs <laughs> things to change. And yeah. um, we kind of <laughs> joke that she's a little bit of a moving target. So one day, mm-hmm. Jess may say this and need this, and I get prepared for the next day to serve her well in that way. <laughs> and she's like, I don't need that. <laughs> um, very different. And so That was so yesterday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you sound like, is now. <laughs> I know. You sound like Jacob and Joseph right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a teenage thing. Yep. Um, a fun thing um, that I've noticed is that she is the person I laugh um, the most, like at her jokes and the things that she says. She's just like the funniest person to me. Um, some dreams and desires of hers, I think that... Um, she loves to travel, um, and we have. She's a really good um, person for our marriage to set expectations for dreams. And you know, I want to do this as a family. I want to do this as a couple. Um, I want to do this in our community. Um, so she sets these like massive goals that stress me out. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I just love to to like see where <laughs> she's going, and um, hopefully. Um, stay at the pace of her adventures. Yeah, I'm guessing you probably didn't expect her personality to be so different than yours maybe when you got married. I mean, a little bit, but... Right. I No. And I don't know if I realized until we had kids how like pragmatic and how functional I am mm-hmm. and how everything has to have like structure and details to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always known that about myself, but until I met Jess, I realized that like um, I really am that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So Jess, describe Justin a little bit to us. Well, to go with the Enneagram, I'm a seven, but he's a one. So in some ways, we're complete opposites. Uh Um, He's super 
even keel, level-headed, really rooted. And I'm like, I want to dream off into the distance, but he like roots me down um, in the best ways. He's also an excellent leader, steadfast, great finisher. Um, I'm a great starter. I can't mm-hmm. say I'm a great finisher. <laughs> so one day I have to say together this real quick. We're Great. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say this real quick. One day, it, it just cracked me up. I got home from work one day, and Jess was like, babe, I started so many good things today. <laughs> and that was the end of the sentence. It wasn't like I have finished anything. It was just, I started so many good things today. And so, yeah. Yep. <laughs> wow. That's so neat. And and so all of this, you know, we're kind of setting up this podcast episode uh, because we wanted you, the listener, to hear how this married couple is very, very different and how their personalities play into their expectations of each other. And that's what we're going to be talking about after the break, right, Shari? Those expectations that we bring into marriage with each other. Right, yeah. And you and I have some of those also as well. One or two. We've we've (laughs) had to figure out over the years. So we're going to talk about those things after the break. Hey, guys, we want to take just a second to invite you to the very first Crossroads Marriage Conference. So on November 1st and 2nd, grab your spouse or fiance and head up to Asheville, North Carolina for a weekend with Clayton and Shari and some of our other friends. This weekend will give you a glimpse into healthy habits you can develop in your relationship. You'll gain wisdom and receive tools to make time with your spouse even more valuable. We're ultimately going to see how God's word elevates marriage as a powerful witness of his love for us. And guys, it is going to be so good. And by the way, this is for all married couples, newlyweds and not so newlyweds. So get on our website at crossroadsmarriageconference.com to learn more about our speakers, places you can stay while you're at the conference. And by the way, Asheville is beautiful this time of year. And to register for only 150 bucks per couple. You seriously can't beat that, guys. So it's Crossroads Marriage Conference on November 1st and 2nd, 2019 in Asheville, North Carolina. We can't wait to see you there. And one last thing, as you may know, Overcoming Monday is a production of Clayton King Ministries, and we're gearing up right now to head into our biggest event of the year, Crossroads Summer Camp. So this is our 24th year of camp, and we are stoked to get to host over 5,000 students this summer in Anderson, South Carolina, for a camp experience we hope they'll never forget. Shari and Clayton will both be speaking all five weeks of camp, so we would love it if you guys joined us in prayer. Pray for the Holy Spirit to move and to change lives and for our speakers and staff to be able to pour out all summer long. And the good news is that you can keep up with all things Crossroads on Instagram at CK underscore ministries, and you can watch all sessions, including Shari's every Tuesday night starting on June 18th on Facebook Live. So like Clayton King Ministries on Facebook to get a notification every time we go live. Okay, back to the show. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. I'm so glad that you have tuned in for this episode of Overcoming Monday, where we are talking about expectations in marriage with Justin and Jess Brock, and also with my husband, Clayton. Hey, Shari. Yeah. So we wrote a book a few years ago. How many years ago? I think it was it's been se- about it's been about twelve years ago. I think when uh, Twelve Questions came out. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's called Twelve Questions Before You Marry, and one of the things that we said in a chapter actually about expectations is that marriage is a mechanism God designed to expose the real us, as we're forced to live in the same house with one another and collide it on a daily basis. We begin to see that we have certain habits and ways of looking at things which were not the same. 
We saw that we said and did things differently. Um, and we had to learn that, that I wasn't the center of the universe. Right. You weren't the center of the universe. Right. And basically that there were a lot of expectations that we didn't know we had coming into marriage. That's the sneaky thing about expectations. Everybody has them and you're not even aware of them until they're not met. Mm-hmm. When your um, uncommunicated expectation goes unmet, it that's the moment when it sort of appears to you. Mm-hmm. And you realize, oh, you know what I really wanted? Um, Andy Stanley is real, at least in my mind, the, the wisest thing he's ever said. And he said a lot of wise things. Is that anytime there's conflict, anytime there's an argument, anytime there's a fight, he says, I can walk into any situation and I can immediately figure out what's wrong. Mm-hmm. somebody here is not getting what they want. That's how it works in a marriage. We have expectations. Some of them we're aware of. Most of them we're not aware of those expectations. But when they're not met and we don't get what we want, that's where conflict arises. And I think, Shari, for you and I, what we've learned in our marriage is um, it is just as important to figure out what our expectations are mm-hmm. as it is to try to figure out a way for us to meet each other's expectations. Because when we're able to actually talk about what our expectations are, we say them out loud, mm-hmm. at that point, we realize that some of those are impossible. Right. And once you can verbalize it and lay it out on the table, we can realistically approach those expectations and go, okay, out of these 10 expectations that we collectively have of one another, Um, we can realistically meet three of them. Right. So let's not kill ourselves trying to meet the other seven. Let's really focus our energy on the expectations that we can meet. And we've had pretty good success uh, when we we know what they are and we realize we can realistically try to do these and the other ones, eh, we just can't really do those. Right. I think for me, the courage to speak those expectations out loud has been the hugest thing. Um, but I think a lot of people in marriages can remain self-absorbed or even just resentful and, um, just because they have all these expectations, they haven't spoken them out loud and then they're not getting met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so marriage hasn't, um, panned out the way that they thought that it could or that it should. So what are some expectations that you've seen in just, <laughs> <laughs> you did it in Justin, Justin, you guys can play into this too, but what are some expectations that we've seen that people have come into marriage and yeah. didn't expect that they had, and then all of a sudden they've risen up. When we wrote the book 12 Questions, we identified some of them. Let me just read a few of them mm-hmm. off to you. Uh, here are some expectations that people smuggle into their marriages, sometimes unaware. Uh, number one, expecting immediate financial stability. We see this a lot with Gen Xers and especially with millennials. They have this expectation that they're going to get married, mm-hmm. they're going to get their dream job, they're going to start making $75,000 a year. They're going to get to drive the car they've always wanted. And they, they have this expectation they're going to live the same lifestyle that their parents mm-hmm. lived when it took their parents 50 years or 40 mm-hmm. years yep. to achieve that. Uh, thinking and energy and newness of dating will all translate into everyday marital life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not true, but like that's an expectation. Every day you wake up, Twitter painted like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one, and I'm just kind of going rapid fire through these. There's a lot of discussion to be had here. Sex will happen every day and every night. <laughs> you know, that's what a lot of guys would think. And I think even, you know, we've talked about that. We've been very open about our expectations sexually of each other. And um, if you don't communicate what those expectations are, then you don't really know that you have them. Mm-hmm. And then when they're violated and they're not met, you get offended. Sex does not happen every day and every night once you get married, I promise you. Here's mm-hmm. another one. Assuming that you'll agree on everything, like decorating the house, the car you drive, your favorite foods, toothpaste, 
picture arrangements on the wall, how to spend your money, how to budget. You are not good. You're probably going to disagree on almost all of that. Mm -hmm. And then the final assumption I'll, I'll mention is just some, some basic um, domestic issues mm -hmm. like cooking. Uh, who does the cooking? Mm -hmm. Cleaning. Who washes the dishes? Who unloads the dishwasher? Basically, division of labor in the house. Here's one number of children you're going to have. Um, family. Who do you go see at Christmas this year? Who do you go see at Thanksgiving this year? So, so these are some of the expectations that we mentioned in the book. Does that resonate with with oh, you yeah. guys? All of them. Yeah, y'all mm -hmm. ever had to face any of those? Uh, Just a few. Yeah, or all of them. <laughs> do any of them stand out specifically? I mean, I think that there are. I mean, across the board, I think that financially. I came in with, and, and we've talked about this a lot. Um, this was before the like every dollar, any kind of digital platform for budgeting. So I came in with like a ledger, like a notebook that I walked around with, and I wrote every <laughs> single transaction down. And so when we got married, I had this expectation that Jess was going to budget the yeah, same way. He gave me one. He gave you a budget? I no, I gave her a, a ledger. ledger. Oh, oh how romantic! It, it was very romantic. <laughs> to carry it around with yeah, you? Yeah, and she and to write everything down. Doesn't everyone keep track of every single penny? So <laughs> that's, that's what we did. <laughs> and to his defense, he came into our marriage debt-free. I came into the marriage with debt from school. He had a really great job. I didn't. So there was like tension, I think, even in it of like, okay, I guess this is what we do. Um, which I never felt like he was like lording this over me and like this is my money um mm. i never felt that way but i definitely felt like i had a lot to learn and a lot to, to like get on board with too <laughs> to some degree mm -hmm. um just because our personalities are type with even like i'm probably more the spender in some ways and he's more the saver mm. and that kind of thing mm -hmm. so a lot of financial expectations that would be one that we definitely resonate with yeah, yeah. that's a that's a funny one i think that even not, I mean, I know you said Gen X and millennial or whatever, but um, coming into a marriage feeling like they're going to make what their parents make. Yeah. I think I had that expectation, but um, but I didn't I didn't feel like it was going to happen at first, but I did wonder, when will I get there? Mm -hmm. yeah. How long will it take me to get to this place? Yeah. And I expected to get there. And, you know, the reality is we may not ever live like our parents, you know, if our right. parents were successful in some way, it may be that we have a different life. And right. I mean, when you're in ministry, it's not like you're going to be rolling in it. Right. Um, or yeah. college roommates or yeah. not even just parents, but I know a lot of people graduate and, you know, especially for someone called to ministry, they may step into a ministry job that's not paying a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And the roommate took a business job that's paying a lot of money right yes. off the bat. And so you look to your left and to your right, and you're like, man, I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. You scroll through Instagram, and yeah. you've got a, co mm -hmm. a constant feed of people's edited wonderful life, and you're yeah. comparing your life and going, how long is it going to be before we can get there? Right. And how that and how that plays into marriage, I think you look to your spouse and you say, why don't we have this? Or mm -hmm. how can we get there? Or you start looking at a couple as a unit and just like, man, this is so frustrating. Like, we don't have the car that we really wanted at, mm -hmm. at right. this point. And I think for us, one thing we have to we kept coming back to and always come back to is like, what do we value? Mm. And we have to ask ourselves that over and over. Um, do I value money or do I value a freedom of schedule? You know, mm. like for example, or what is it that we want to do with our money? Is it go buy a lake house or 
be generous with what we're given. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot of those uh, questions that we have to ask each other so that we stay on the course Mm -hmm. and keep ourselves from, I guess, getting into the comparison game. And, you know, there's not really a right or wrong with some of these decisions that we make about finances. You know, it's just being on the same page about the decision that we're going to that you're going to make. And we were talking with a couple the other day, sitting down with them and just talking about preparing to be married and what that looks like. And I said, you guys may have different opinions on how you want to do things. But at the end of the day, you need to talk about it and somehow get on a page where you make a decision together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important because if one person doesn't speak up and the other person always makes the decisions, resentment will build up. And then you just feel like, well, I had an opinion, but I didn't speak up. And you not only, I've done this before, I've been angry at myself for not speaking up, but then also angry at Clayton for making a decision when I didn't say anything. And so I think it's very important to speak up and to ha- to be on the same page with the decision, especially, right. you know, like with family and your kids and how many, how many times you're going to visit yeah. and holidays and all of those things. They're, they're complicated decisions, but if you can try to get on the same page, I think that, that helps. Yeah. How would you guys, um, Justin, how would you define expectation and how do you believe unspoken expectations affect a marriage? Man, I first off, I think um, I know this is a marriage uh, season, but I think that this applies to every category of life. Yeah, it does. And, and I think for me, a place that I've learned expectation, maybe even the most, and the way that I've been able to bring that into my understanding of how it works in our marriage is through work here at Clayton King Ministries, um, through relationships with friends, through talking to parents. Um, so it plays across the board, and as we know, but um, expectation, you know, uh, a classic definition of expectation would be a strong belief something will happen or be the case in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely believe that unspoken expectations impact a marriage. Um, but for me, something that I want to do um, in our marriage, and we've talked about this from day one, um, we learned this even before we got married, is I always want to create an environment um, at home that will allow for me to not only hear the expectations, but to understand them. Mm -hmm. And so we try to create space and create an environment to sit down together and um, fight that unspoken expectation. Because like Clayton said, a lot of times walking into a room, you don't even know that you had the expectation. So what we try to do is create that environment to say, here's my week or here's my month or let's look at the next season of our lives. And I want to hear what you're thinking or I want to hear where you want to go in this season of our life. Um, but not just to hear it and let it go through one ear out the other, which I often am very at fault at doing, mm. but also understanding it to say, okay, what I'm hearing and what I understand is this. Um, because I think a lack of that communication um, is also the beginning of just a cancerous attitude mm-hmm. um, that we just let that um, you know unmet expectation become cancerous. Um, and so for me, I think there's two like takeaway phrases um, that, um, really define expectation to me. Um, and it's very simple ones that we use all the time in our house is if you don't tell me, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I trust your words. And so mm-hmm. the way that plays out for us is if we get to a place and I see frustration or resentment or she sees frustration or resentment, then I just can simply say, if you don't tell me, I can't help you. So you right. have to express verbally body language doesn't count. 
you have to express verbally what you need. Um, but then also when we tell each other something, if I ask her if everything's good or I ask her if there's anything she needs and she says, I'm fine, a word that we always follow up with in our marriage is, I trust your words, mm-hmm. and your words are what I can go on. So I'm going to trust your words. Mm-hmm. That's really wise. Yeah, that's, that's really, really good. Really I there were a couple of things that I heard you say when you listen. You said what I'm hearing you say, or what I understand you to say, is this. Mm-hmm. And so when you do that, do you verbalize it back to Jess? We try to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we went to um, right after we had our um, first kid, our daughter Emery. Um, we went to counseling, and one thing that they um, talked about was, and we don't necessarily do this physically anymore, but they talked about when you speak to each other to speak knee to knee, eye to eye. So to be sitting down mm-hmm. and have your knees facing each other, have your eyes on each other, and um, to not only just speak what you need, but also to speak it back. Because a lot of times we've learned that, um, you know, she tells me, like, this happened just recently. What do you want for dinner? I really want to eat this. Then I follow up five minutes later. So do you think you want this or do you want this? I literally told you two minutes ago that, <laughs> that I wanted this. Come on, Justin, trust my words. <laughs> Why are right. you changing what I want right now? And so sometimes it's just like one ear out the other. And mm-hmm. so repeating it back is very often on the small things and the big things, mm-hmm. a way to really gain clarity. That's I was going to add to you with some of uh, the creating environment. Sometimes it is going to marriage counseling. Sometimes it is going to a financial coach. Sometimes it is at the table and saying, we're going to have a budget meeting on Sunday afternoon. And I think those environment, I think that's like clarifying to what creating environments is, mm-hmm. um, especially in our own life of places to not only like talk about the nitty gritty, but also to dream. And um, I think that's huge with expectation. Mm-hmm. And you guys have already talked a little bit about how your different personalities um, affect your expectations. Have you noticed that as you've been married now for years, be more pronounced? Uh, yes, <laughs> I am a verbal processor. So I have the tendency to like tell you everything that's in my head. And there's a lot of things in my head because it's just like a lot of thoughts and feelings and things like that. And so, um, we've come to find out that on the front end of a conversation, I need to tell Justin, what I need from him. Um, so for example, if I've had a rough day with the kids or, um, I'll just use them for example, rough day with the kids and he comes home and I'm just like, man, today was just really hard and give him the list of why it was hard. His mind, he'll immediately start to like go into fix it mode and figure out what is it that he needs to do to make it better. Like maybe it's take the kids, um, you know, to the Y and let me have a moment by myself or that's just how his mind works. And so I realized that I need to tell him on the front end of the conversation of, hey, I just need to vent to you. I just need you to like go there with me and tell me like, yeah, that's hard. Mm-hmm. And not say anything else other than, yeah, I hear you. That's Because really... I can't vent to my kids. And right. I need to vent to somebody. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, I just need someone to be like, my friend. I see you. Yeah. And I, man, that is hard. Other mm-hmm. than I'm here to fix it all and make it better, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I love and appreciate about him. Um, but just like I said, with our personalities being so different at times, it is just learning to be uh, so verbal mm-hmm. of like, this is what I need from you. And that does not sound romantic. And it almost doesn't sound like 
um, it's like you just expect the person to know all the things. And we've been married for almost 10 years. And I still think this is like a huge thing, um, a breakthrough in our communication. Mm -hmm. It's just having to like say what you need. Mm -hmm. And I think even going further into that for us, something that we've learned is to not fish for the answer we're looking for. And so one thing we've learned is, you know, and this is kind of an example of how our different personalities impact the way that we communicate to our expectations is sometimes because I want to be a little bit of the peacemaker and I want to make sure that like everything's good. I'll ask a leading question, but I already know the answer that I'm expecting to get. Mm -hmm. And so I ask a question and then when she gives me the wrong one, I like rephrase the question and I'll (laughs) ask it again to see if she gives me the answer I want to hear. And so something we've definitely learned is don't fish for the answer you're looking for. Mm -hmm. If I have a need, and if I have an expectation, just to say it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even as small as, you know, hey, Clayton and I would like to have lunch this week. I would like to do it on Thursday. Is there anything conflicting with that? To ask it that way instead of saying, hey, is there anything going on this week? Right. And leaving Specific it very vague. Instead of Big being, and yeah. vague. Because then yeah. it makes me the person that's like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Don't exactly. do that. So we learned know? that early. She's like, don't make me be the one that has to tell you no yeah. to something like. I would like to do this. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason that I can't? Right. Are you okay with that? And I think that's better than, you know, I don't know. I, I don't like being the no person either because yeah. you feel like the bad guy, especially as a, I, I know this sounds bad, but I feel like as a female, you get that rap because you hear the things like ball and chain and, oh my gosh, my life oh, is yeah. over. And so I th- many females that I know don't want to have that role in their marriage because they already feel like guys perceive them that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I felt that way too. Yeah. I know I felt you like a lot of that. your friends when we first met, I was having to fight this battle of, oh gosh, is is everybody is she taking Clayton away from us? Well yeah, you had to fight that, but that was specific to our situation because I was everybody's gravy train and sugar daddy. That's <laughs> true. I had three roommates that were living basically rent free and Shari was moving in and I was kicking all them out. Yeah. But you're right. I think mm-hmm. that is a very important lesson to learn. And I think uh, that takes me to one of our final questions is how, how have you had to adjust your own expectations to better serve each other? Mm -hmm. Because that's what we are 20 years in. I feel like that's where we're at right now. Adjusting our own expectations um, so that we can really hear and understand what the other person needs in the marriage. Mm -hmm. It's okay to adjust expectations, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that some of it is going back to the idea of like, an expectation you talked about at the very beginning, Clayton, of just the newness and energy of like dating and all these fun things. Some of it becomes very practical when you just are getting into the nitty gritty of a week. And, you know, as I get to know my wife and as I learn more about her needs and as we practice expressing our needs verbally, eventually there's not always a need to even ask the question or mm-hmm. to figure out what I need to do because I already know the answer. Yeah, And so like, if there's an opportunity to go on a guy's weekend, but I know that she's been really at, you know, in the grind for two weeks straight or three weeks straight or whatever, then I'm not even going to bring that up because I already know the answer. And she'll feel stressed mm-hmm. in that moment to say, oh, and gosh. guilty. Yeah. Right. You'll feel guilty for saying no. And oh, so, for sure. so as like a, you know, as a spouse that's taken time to listen to express needs to know the kids are really hard right now, or this is a really busy season or to hear those things, I already know the answer to the question that mm-hmm. I might, you know, need to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so much of this is remembering that we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I've struggled um, 
with just trying to die to my individualism and my independence and remembering that we are better together and submission is good for us, not just for me, but or just for him, like it's a good for us thing. So the more that he knows like my week and the more I know his week and hopefully that we are serving each other and not um, trying to like still do the guy's weekend or the girl's weekend. It's like dying to our selfishness and Mm -hmm. um, because we know that like what's good, like I know what's good for Justin is also good for me Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think that is like the oneness Mm -hmm. that we are becoming one as we remember that we are fighting for each other because we're on the same team, not against each other. And we adopted a goal um, and even a, a, a phrase from the very beginning of our marriage too um, that we've actually put into practice here on our team and our summer staff and all those as well. But we have a goal to outserve one another. Mm-hmm. And so we learned that from a couple when we were dating and we've tried to continue that practice to always outserve one another. And the way that ends up playing out with expectations is when I'm choosing to outserve her, if it's dishes in the sink or if it's whatever, instead of just like resenting or being frustrated that something didn't happen, that I have a goal and an expectation that I'm going to outserve her, mm-hmm. that I'm going to find ways that I can outserve her at, in our marriage. And then ultimately that ends up being that we can defer to the person that cares the most. And so, you know, mm-hmm. when when I know that dishes are a big deal to her, like if that's an expectation and I don't really care, then I'm going to outserve her and I'm going to defer to her needs the most. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and so I good. think it's like so good to be able to like do that because then that creates a place where you can tell someone what you need mm-hmm. in a way that isn't attacking and isn't um, going to cause them to be defensive. So like practical, our laundry, I was like asking him the other day, could you make all your clothes the right side out like when you throw them in the laundry i say that to joseph all the time all the time it is like yes because i do it all i like wash and and like fold and all the things and it saves so much time and i think we i was able to say it and he was able to receive it in such a good way and he wasn't defensive at all and i but only, sometimes i am yeah of course <laughs> but we all are but i think it was like such a the environment of communication and expectation and how how can I do that in a loving way that doesn't cause him to like feel defensive too. Mm-hmm. So I think these ways by um, trying to outserve one another, you're, you're reminded of like, oh yeah, he is so for me. We're on the same yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that listening to you guys and knowing that you have um, – you already have these philosophies that you live by, you know, <laughs> and you also have practical ways that you're playing it out, which shows me that not only have you communicated your expectations to one another, but I mean, you've probably had some like disagreements. Um, you probably had to work on this and like revamp it a few times in order mm-hmm. to understand how in the world you're going to communicate them and how you're going to communicate them well and what process you're going to take in your marriage. And so that just takes work overall. And so I just want to thank you both for being here today and for sharing your secrets um, with our listeners, because I love both of you so much and I respect you. And Clayton, thank you so much for um, being here with 
the Brocks. Yeah, you're welcome. I, f- I feel like I got some little secrets for we big did. breakthroughs today. <laughs> yeah, we're going to like take notes and go home and apply them. Hey, seriously, the, those two phrases, um, I can't help you if you don't tell me. And I trust your words. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember those yeah. for a long, long time. I'm gonna start p- putting those into practice. I think the tone of how you say that's gonna mean a lot to me. So if you're like, I can't help you if you don't tell me, I'm probably not gonna tell you. Okay, <laughs> good to know. Good to I'm know. just kidding. But um, no, but I love I love the phrase overall. I also um, like the face to face, knee to knee. Because Clayton and I have applied that to looking each other in the eye, not talking mm-hmm. when you're in the bathroom and the other one's in the closet, having an argument that way or right. communicating that way is not yeah. great. Um, I've actually applied that with our kids. I've told Jacob, I'm not going to communicate with you if you're walking away from me. Yeah. Or with your headphones on. Or yes. if you are in the, well, any generation, but we've also made it a goal to never have a conversation on text beyond a certain level yeah yes. so it always has to move face to face quickly because it can be misinterpreted mm-hmm. for yeah. sure yeah. or even voice putting the voice microphone on instead of the words yeah mm-hmm. there's so much difference in a voice text Tone. yes mm-hmm. yeah um so i want to thank y'all for being here overcoming monday listeners i hope that you have found some advice for your big breakthrough if you've enjoyed this episode don't miss my blog this week where i'm going to provide specific guidelines for useful useful and damaging ways to communicate your expectations to your spouse and don't forget this podcast is a production of clayton king ministries if you have benefited from this podcast i would love for you to share this on your social media platform and leave a review on itunes or spotify thanks so much for your support our ministry hopes we've given you something to overcome your monday We're thankful that you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. This podcast happens because of you, and there are three ways that you can help us reach even more people. One, be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ShariKing99. The second way is that you can also make a tax-deductible donation to Clayton King Ministries, a 501c3 nonprofit at claytonking.com slash give. And third, of course, subscribe to our podcast. Get on your favorite podcast platform and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out Shari's amazing blog at shariking.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.